find ourselves like together again. And I was like, I'm so glad <laughs> I need help with my two kids. <laughs> so like, it's weird because, um, you know, we did spend, you know, the, like the last decade in another country living a lifestyle that was very different, but then we come back and now it's a little bit similar in the way of like the way we live again. Uh, I remember I was talking with, um, uh, a friend, my friend Drew, and uh, he was he had moved from Arizona, and we were talking about the pandemic and the shutdown, and he was like, "This is living in California is basically like living in Arizona now. There's just not anything to do." Mm-hmm. He said, "I moved to California because there were so many things to do," and he's like, "Now there's nothing to do." And I just started laughing because I was like, "He's right. Everything that I was thinking like, oh, we'll go here, we'll go do this, it was literally closed." But the cool thing is that. Um, you know, and like I mentioned in the beginning, we were able to purchase a vehicle. And one of the things that we love to do is we love to go see different areas of, you know, L.A., um, O.C., um, you know, the uh, we go up into the mountains, uh, Oak Glen, um, Big Bear, like Big Arrowhead. Bear, Lake Arrowhead. Um, I mean, we've, we've tried to just go exploring into the areas that we could. Santa Barbara. Uh, Santa, Barbara. Santa Barbara. Yeah, we went to yeah, Santa, Santa Barbara. Barbara. Uh, of course, San Diego. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, all the cool areas around L.A. And there's so much to do that you don't, mm-hmm. you, you don't, you're not necessarily going into a building. You're outdoors still. And that has been awesome. That has been awesome. That has been something that I feel like, man, like, you know, you, you get to have this. Like, yeah, like the demands of a normal, even like being in church, like what church also shut down, like, I'm not saying it's a good thing, but when you have all that time freed up, like you do find things to do besides, you know, ministry or you find different well, ways to do, do ministry. Some people, yeah, some people I, got stuck. They didn't know what the heck to do. So they were but, at home. but at some point, I mean, like yeah. everybody had to just stop for a moment and... You start thinking outside the, the normal scene, outside of the box. Yeah. And I think, too, like, I remember one thing that Gobble's dad had shared with me. Because coming back to the States, you know, he did his best to kind of, like, give us, like, a little heads up on things to look out for. And I remember he said something like, as much as you, you know, you depended on God for your support out there and for direction and how you're going to, you know, live life as missionaries, how you're going to reach these people. Don't forget, don't forget that when you come back to L.A., I remember thinking like, well, why would I forget that? But honestly, like when you get that busy, your dependence for me, it felt like it shifted. It was like, okay, now I'm working. Now I'm bringing in my own income and I'm not depending on people to support me anymore. And it it did feel like I was doing it for myself where I think, you know, I was reminded again that you know, of course, like we need God just as much now as we did being missionaries in a foreign country. It's just, we had to kind of go over, not go over. I had to remember that I don't do this for myself. You know, I'm not capable alone. And the job I had was purely God blessing us, the apartment. I mean, everything like, and I think we just got so used to living like that, that coming back here, it felt for some reason like such a huge shift that it was like, okay, now we're going to do it by ourselves. And that wasn't the case. Like, obviously, like we need God every step of the way, even working here and living here and this whole new life that we're living. Yeah. I, um, if there's anything that you would like want people to be aware of as far as like... Um, this is this is surrounding like the marriage and ministry. 
um, specifically on the re-entry part, what would you say to a wife or like just anybody actually coming back in from like the mission field that would make you like something that you would say, this is something that's going to happen. Be aware of it and be prepared for it. I think um, you're going to feel lonely because it's going to be hard to find people who can relate to the the areas of re-entry that are foreign to you. So even for me, you know, like I said, like going out to a birthday party at a restaurant, like it was awkward for me. I mean, like not that that's a foreign thing because I'm American, like I understand that, but after spending so much time in countries where money is is not as easily accessible and people live on a very tight budget, I mean, and then going and seeing how much money people spend on a regular basis, like, it was difficult for me to really, like, be comfortable doing that. And so I did feel alone in certain areas, like, I don't like that. I don't like that we spend so much money on things like that. And I don't like that people buy clothes so often like I mean there's just so many things that I found myself like really not liking and I think I had to remember the context like I had to remember where I was at and I think feeling lonely was going to be part of it like I did have friends that didn't understand exactly how I felt the overwhelming sense of um you know, going to the market and I just want salt. I don't want black salt, Himalayan salt, sea salt, iodine. I mean, like where we were living, it was like, there's regular salt. Like there's one kind of salt. You get that salt <laughs> and that's it. And here, like, and like I said, like, Cereal. it's really, it was totally unexpected because I feel like I'm American. Like this is my home. Why do I feel so overwhelmed with how many different kinds of Cheerios there are? And they're all pretty good. And then seasonal Cheerios, like pumpkin spice (laughs) Cheerios, and then like this apple Christmas cinnamon Cheerio. And I like those things I did not expect. I did not expect to feel overwhelmed at cereal. And soda. By the way, though, get you some of that. I think it's strawberry cheesecake Oreos and dip it in milk. It's amazing. It's a fat boy commercial right there. (laughs) <laughs> even then like my son was overwhelmed like yeah. if you're a parent like were you sat down in the aisle yeah like we were at walmart <laughs> and he was running around the aisle which is normal every kid does it but his reasoning was that i have so much room mom it's so big here i have yeah. so much room to run inside and i think every kid feels like that but for him i mean i'm telling you like if you guys saw pictures of the markets that we'd go to they're tiny like you can barely fit two people in an aisle And then you go to Walmart and it's like this massive shop and there's aisles of cereal and bagged cereal and boxed cereal and the generic kind and then the, you know, the more expensive kind. And then we got a Costco membership. Oh, that was life, (laughs) life changing. I don't think we really utilize it as the full extent, like the real Costco people. I remember my sister would take us like when we would come visit and I think we went a few times with some friends here, but... Like, when you go, and it's for your house, like... I could not believe, it's, like... It's different. <laughs> we bought trash bags when we first got our first apartment yeah. a year ago. And we have not bought trash bags... Since. ...in a whole year. Yeah. Like, that blows my mind. We have not bought trash bags in a year. Anyways, um, so what I would say to you is, like, re-entry. Mm-hmm. You're going to feel lonely at times. 
for some people, it's a lot more often than you realize. And then the, the culture shock, it happens and you don't expect it. And that's why it's a shock (laughs) because I didn't expect to feel overwhelmed when buying meat or looking. I mean, like I said, like my variety was very little. And then coming here, it was just like, man, there's so many spices and you know, everything's so fake and processed. Like how is bread going to last that long? Like, why does the milk last like four weeks? (laughs) You know, kind of thing. Um, Yeah, and then just learning, um, relearning life. And then, you know, as a parent, learning, relearning life with your kids for them, helping them, you know, go to school. My son, he, he's, he's such a people person. He loves being around people and I love that about him. Um, But at times I felt overwhelmed being around so many people because there's so many people here. And, you know, everybody wants to hang out, which is great. But I always felt like, man, like I just want to not be around a lot of people. But my son's like, mom, I want to go here. I want to go to their house. Can they come over? Blah, blah, blah. And so just finding the balance of like where you're comfortable. And it's so easy to get overwhelmed if you don't set your boundaries. Like if Gobble and I couldn't communicate, like I think a lot of times we did say like, we're not going to do that because we don't want to. (laughs) And that's okay. And we're just going to have a family day today or it's just us and we're not doing anything with anybody else. So coming back into the States, if you're re-entering, I think too, like, obviously, like, you have to pray about your goals. Yeah. You know, when you come back, like, have goals in mind that are realistic. And then too, you know, be a little picky if you need to. Like, when we talked about apartments, we wanted to be in a certain area. When we decided on a vehicle, we wanted a specific kind of vehicle. We didn't just get the first thing available. And so I think setting goals and being realistic and making decisions that you feel are the best for you and your family. Yeah, I think um, it, it also speaks into that area of like sometimes home doesn't feel as homey anymore. Like, I think for me, when I look at some areas as a family, we lived more as a family in Europe than we ever did here, which mm-hmm. we've said before. But um, we're creating like our kind of our context here. We're creating like our, our comfort, comfort in, in our way of life here. And I think because I didn't have any preconceived ideas. Like, some things became a little bit uncomfortable and a little bit unfamiliar. And I was like, oh, man, like, we can't do that as a family. Like like what? Um, like, you know, going to hang out in downtown L.A. Like, I love doing that. Okay. And, um, like, I, I love it. Like, I, I would go hang out, walk around, you know, just chill, take pictures, you know. I love the vibes of, of being in a city. I love the urban... Eating at C-rated Chinese restaurants? Yeah, the, the lower the rating, the better the food. Mm. Just so you guys, you know, if you if you doubt me, I'll take you to a spot. <laughs> if it's open. <laughs> um, it might have been closed down by the city, but it's okay. Mm. Um, no, what, I, what I'm trying to say is that, um, you know, you, the vibes of the city, all that stuff, you know, that's coming from that mindset of over 10 years ago of what I used to do with friends. Yeah. <laughs> and then, um, you know, saying to, you know, to Vanessa, let's go walk around here. And then getting there and realizing, wow, man, the city's kind of changed. There's a, there's a lot more like homeless people yeah. and there's like poop in the middle of the street. Like, yeah. and wow, I think that guy's, you know, has a knife. <laughs> 
So it's kind of like. Or look at this woman dressed very. <laughs> yeah. Or even look at look at the guy dressed as a woman, like. Yeah. And and it's it's like wow, like, you know, what, my home, and the way I saw it, and the way I perceived it, has definitely changed, and. And I and I, I'm not saying that's you know neither here nor there. It's just also like when you're back living again, you're like, oh man, like number one, it's not the way it was mainly because I'm not the way I was, mm-hmm. and I think that says a lot into reentry. Like you leave one way, and you have like the things you enjoy, and and you know you leave with those things, and you come back someone else, and and the things you enjoy are still there. And you can still enjoy them to an extent. But it's different. Yeah, like you can't see things the same way. And it's not a bad thing. It's not, not at all. It's not. If anything, like it's just eye-opening to be able to experience something and then come back and you're just, your eyes are fresh. Yeah. And it's hard. And then, you know, obviously like sometimes those things, they can be a negative thing if you allow it to. Like you can't come back to the States and be mad at everybody because they have shoes and the country that you just came from was like a third world country where no one has shoes. Yeah. Like, you can't do that. You can't come back and be upset with America. Like, I think I for a little bit, I felt like that. Like, I, I think was I definitely felt, people. especially with ministries, because I was like, what the heck? Like, what do they need that for? Like, yeah, this is like, the seventh renovation of the bathroom. Like, chill, dude. The abundance of equipment and everything is just so readily but, accessible. But it, and that's the hard part, too, because, like, there's an abundance, but it's not enough for them. Yeah, and it's, it's like, not, if I had that, yeah. oh my gosh. And yeah. they have it, and they're like, oh my gosh, this is so old. This is what a piece of crap. And it's mm-hmm. like, what the heck? So, yeah, that reentry is is challenging, and you do have to navigate it. What I mean by navigate, you have to make the right turns. And you have to talk to people about how you're feeling. Like, if you're... We had, talk to each other. Yeah, which is obviously, like, the most healthy thing, because I think between the both of us, I would say in our marriage, we can catch any red flags but we do talk to people outside of our marriage like I remember speaking with um your uncle about some of our frustrations and just having people that we are comfortable with that we trust that we can just like sometimes you really do need to just get things off your chest and it can be frustrating because they may not understand how you're feeling but I think it's very good just to get it out there just to kind of like let go of some of those things and of course like praying and saying god like give me the the patience with people like help me to not look at them the way in a fleshly way because i think like when you see that you think like you have so much and you're so greedy and i mean like it's just it's overwhelming especially when you come from church different church cultures in different countries yeah and and the yeah the context is very different but I would say, like, for the most part, those are very big challenges, and you're going to deal with them. You're going to deal with it. But it's still worth it, like, to leave and to come back. Like, I would never tell anybody not to do it. If anything, I, think, I would I think say, I would, like... Though. I think I would say don't do it. And and the reason why I would say don't, don't do leave, it... Don't do it. Yeah, don't go. Don't go. I would say that 100%. Because I feel like if I can convince you through what I'm saying that, you know, you're... Like, enough to say, like, you know what they're right, I'm not going to go, then you shouldn't go. Like you, the person that says 100%, no one's going to convince me any other way. I know this is what God told me to do. I know this is what my calling is. I know uh, the Lord put this in my heart. I know the Holy Spirit's leading me in this. 
And if someone can convince you that you, you shouldn't do it, you shouldn't do it. I feel like this. When we came back to visit, mm-hmm. we had I had so many people tell me, oh, I want to be a missionary. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I'm going to go visit here. And God put Africa in my heart. God put, you know, I don't know, Amsterdam in my heart. And my question was always like, okay, so like, what are you doing? Like, how are you getting there? Just waiting and on the Lord, like, sister? No, it was like, <laughs> oh, I'm just, um, you know, I'm waiting for this person to tell me this. Or I'm waiting for... Um, I'm reading my Bible about this. And that's great. But there was like no like real. Yeah. Like, do you realize like you need money to do that? Do you, I mean, who do you talk to? Have you looked into the residence permits? I mean, like, do you know anything about the country that apparently God put in your heart? No, but I watched this movie and it's just really, it's really hard to hear. It's like going up to a doctor and saying, oh my gosh, I want to be a doctor one day. And the doctor says, Oh, okay, great. Are you going to school? No, but I watch... Um, I don't know. I'm trying to think of a doctor show that's not... ER. ER. No, that's too old. That show's... Grey's like, Anatomy. Grey's Anatomy. I watch Grey's Anatomy and I'm learning... Kind of old, too. Is it old? Yeah. What's a new doctor show? I don't Dr. know. Dr. Phil? That's a I want to be a... Show. <laughs> <laughs> Catch I want to be, be a psychologist. <laughs> what are you going to get there? I watch Dr. Phil. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, it just feels like, okay, that's not the way to do it <laughs> like take it seriously and it's also like this sounds mean but it, it's almost like offensive because someone's coming to you and they're saying i admire what you do and when you say oh great like when you're going how are you gonna get there where are you staying what organization you're working with i mean like i had so many questions and i remember like towards the end if someone told me that i was like okay yeah right I mean, like, it's just, like, disheartening to hear it over and over. And you, you're you there. You're like, ask me anything you want. I'm here think, to help you. I think, and I think that the truth is that it goes back to that pace of life that happens here. Yeah, it's so fast. So you get sucked that, in. Yeah. And then once you're sucked in and you're doing the things that everybody else wants you, you to do. And you can't just leave your job. Like, like I get now I get it. You cannot like, just leave honestly, your job. Like, honestly, like, no. Like, at the right age, yes, you can. Well. Like, you really can. You can literally say, you know what? If you live with your parents. Uh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like the yeah. right age and the right context. Like if you have things set up in a certain way, yeah, you if can. If you have something but, to fall back but on. But again, like you asked me earlier, would I tell somebody not to go? Yeah, I would. I would say don't go. Because I would say that there were a lot of things that could have easily um, pushed us into an area of unhealthy uh, spiritual walk. And, and I think that we had a good support system around us. Mm-hmm. So that helped us. Yeah. If someone goes and they don't have that, no, nah, man, they'll get messed up. Yeah, like if you want to go, if you feel <clears throat> led to go, if you feel called to go, go. Like do like do some research. Like I would always tell someone this. If you're going to go to a country that does not speak English, you better start learning whatever language it is that's the most used in that country. Yeah. Or that small village, whatever, wherever it is you're going, like... At least know something, because that is such a big. That's like that could be one of the hardest things to do. There's even a, if they speak like, even if they speak English, learn the, the local their, language. Yeah, the local yeah. language. Mm-hmm. That is important. I remember um, there was a, a pastor in a small town in Estonia. He's an Englishman, a British guy, and so he was telling me this story. Uh, and he was asking. We were talking about learning Estonian, and I was telling him, you know what, dude, like. 
I, we're kind of getting away with not learning because, like, you know, we, we speak to a lot of people that speak English. Like, you know, the church, the people around, they all speak English. And um, this, was, this was years ago. But um, after the conversation, we, I did end up really trying to learn some more. But he told me the story of how he was preaching in English. And remember, he's British. So he's preaching in English and using a translator. So then uh, the, the translator is with him every Sunday. And then one Sunday, he, he tells the church, you know what? One of, one of these Sundays, I'm going to preach in Estonian. And uh, <laughs> someone, somehow, one of the neighbors around the church heard this. And he said, when he preaches in Estonian, I'll come. And so this guy was not a churchgoer. And so he, he it kind of like spurred him on. He was like, all right, let's do it. So he starts learning his Estonian, starts, and gets his whole sermon together. And uh, the neighbor comes to church the day he preaches in Estonian. And he tells him after service, he said, you know, the reason I didn't come before, because I, I would hear your words. He said, I could hear from where I, you know, I could step out on my porch and hear and he says, but today I heard your heart. And I was like, wow. And so this guy lays this story on me after I'm saying, like, no, nah, no, nah, I'm cool, man. I don't think I'm going to learn this story. And the reality is this, that the, when, when you learn the local language, they're really hearing your heart, your heart to be connected to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's like when you step into missions, if you're going and you're not understanding what the local mindset is like, what the local culture is like, how do they think, how do they see things, like what are, what are their struggles, what are, what are their battles, like what are their families like, what, how do they view God, you know, what does love mean to them, what does a relationship look like, you know, what is their, is it normal for, for uh, um, uh, domestic violence things to occur in the home, is it normal for children to get abused? Is it normal to yeah. hug your family? Yeah, like these questions of like, you don't, you don't know any of that stuff, you, like you learn it, you go, you figure it out, you ask people, you talk to people, you do your research, uh, the, the least you could do if you're considering missions, go to Wikipedia. Like, just read about the city or the country. Not only that, there's so many documentaries nowadays that there's there's no reason why you shouldn't know more about where you you say God has called you to go. And on top of that, there's areas in LA that if someone said, you know what, I think God's calling me to the Philippine Islands. You mean like Filipino town? <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, like legit, you can go and learn from the community before you ever step Try foot the there. Try food at least. Like, uh, if someone, you know, I feel called to Korea. K-Town, bro. Like, go get connected with some people. Learn the language. Get connected with churches and ministries there. Mm-hmm. Like, you are you live in America, which is such a multicultural place that you could get connected to a community without getting to that country. And by the time you step foot in the country, you understand more of the culture. And, and I think that's a big thing and like i said don't go if i if you're listening today and you feel like you know what i think god's calling me and you know what don't go no stay at home you don't want to quit your job man you're gonna lose your 401k you're gonna you're gonna miss out on purchasing the home you know you're gonna you're not gonna have a a new car you're gonna get something old you know what i mean like it's it's not gonna work out for you especially if you step into ministry you're gonna pretty much lose all the stuff that you've gained so far you're gonna lose it all so I would tell you, if, if you're really concerned about that, don't go. Stay. You know, get comfortable. Make some money. Build your savings account. You know, um, you know, invest. There's some great stocks out there. 
Um, learn all that stuff, you know. Um, give, you know, just be a giver. Just send people. Just send them some money, you know. You'll be happy. You'll feel okay. But. But if you, if you can't, if, if that's like, if it's something that you know, this is what God told me to do. Uh, get started. I mean, if anything, work towards saving money to go take a trip. Yeah. See what it's about. Yeah, get get on YouTube. Um, there's even, learn, get the language apps. You know, yeah. get started. I remember when we were in Estonia, we took a tour through like a KGB museum. And I think that was one of the first like eye-opening experiences that I had. Because it wasn't decades, I mean it was decades ago, but it wasn't longer I mean someone my age would have lived through that and I remember thinking like that was like not I mean I've never known what it's like to live like that and it's those those things that you know the documentaries whether you can do it in person or something even in LA there's like an Estonian culture house right yeah they they close the building but it still exists yeah I mean like there are places I mean if you're in LA there's so many opportunities to get like a little head start you know like just a little bit learn something and I think that's what was the most frustrating is like people would tell me I have a heart for this and I would ask them about it and they would say they don't know don't go tell a missionary that you feel called into missions don't because, because call you out on, it. on top of that like I remember every single person who told me oh and we every remember time I see them and your faces I'm like dang they're still here oh we remember you dang they haven't done anything. And don't don't say it to my Dang father-in-law Jane. because he will plan a trip for you. He will legit <laughs> plan a trip for you and tell you where you're going to go, when you're going to go, who you're going to talk to. And obviously, like, you don't have to go. But there are people out there that you tell them something and they're going to do their best to get you where you're saying God wants you. And I feel like... You can't go wrong. I mean, and it feels scary. I trust me. I know it's scary. There's so much. And it's honestly like we're giving you little tips and, you know, a little bit of advice as far as that goes. But it's not as overwhelming to the point where it's impossible. It's 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 possible. You don't have to have a huge fellowship to do it. You don't have to have your whole family saved. You don't have, your dad doesn't have to be a pastor. Um, You don't have, I mean like you don't have to be anything but obedient because in the end, that's really all that matters is whether or not you're obedient to what God has called you to do. Yeah. And that, that obedience is big. And so I think we can close it on that. But um, this, so we're going to return to this um, marriage and ministry later and talk about a few different areas, and also have some guests on, and um, maybe another couple. Maybe we'll do like a um, a couple couple conversation. But um, we're gonna have some guests on definitely to talk about this in different areas, um, marriage and ministry. And I do want to say, man, if you're somebody that's just saying, hey, like I want to serve God, I want to do what He's asking of me, um, keep pursuing that. the The main focus that we're trying to encourage you in is take care of your marriage. That's, that's your first ministry. Like after, your, obviously, your relationship with our Heavenly Father, uh, your relationship with your wife, your relationship with your husband, these are important. Uh, and maybe it's not perfect. Maybe it's not going great. Or it's, you know, you're maybe at the end of something. Um, uh, pray. Ask God, number one, to reveal to you your issues, the things you need to work on. Don't ask God to fix your spouse. 
ask God to reveal to you your issues that you can work on and then start from there and and love each other man take care of each other um ask each other how you're doing you know um yeah take care of each other be in a, a loving relationship not just something that you live in the same place yeah put the kids to bed early yeah real early <laughs> like five o'clock you know five thirty. <laughs> dang it's bedtime kids uh, um no, but but really take care of each other, man. Uh, keep keep God at the center of your life. If you're listening to this and maybe you're not a Christian um, and you're just like trying to have a better marriage, start reading your Bible and maybe even try reading your Bible with your wife. There's some great resources. Uh, we'll link them. I'll link them in the podcast where you can just start listening to stuff about marriage, how to have a healthier marriage, or if you're planning on getting married and you know you're single and you're talking about maybe I want to get married and be in ministry. You know, some stuff. Prepare now. You know, prepare your life. Do what you can. But thank you guys for listening. Uh, Vanessa is, of course, going to be a recurring guest host with me because she's my wife. But uh, uh, thank you guys for listening. And uh, yeah, and like I said, the new name, Carry Us Through Podcast. Uh, just please uh, like and share it. Uh, if you can, please review it in the uh, podcast app because that helps us um, basically kind of reach more people but thank you guys for listening and we'll be back soon <laughs>